Welcome to The Career Studio, a USU career services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm so excited to have Logan Smith here with me today. Welcome, Logan. Thank you. It's great to be here. Logan works for Verizon Media as a manager on the Global Public Policy Team, where he focuses on the business's government relations in key markets such as India, Brazil, Australia, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Additionally, he leads their U.S. state government affairs work. He spends lots of time analyzing legislative and regulatory proposals to determine effects on the company, as well as broader societal effects. At USU, Logan double majored in political science and economics and later earned a Master of Science in Foreign Services from Georgetown University. He completed several internships leading up to his current position that included working in the U.S. Senate, State Department, and Global Network Initiative. So Logan, you are really unique and have such an interesting line of work. So I'm really excited to get to that in just a minute. But as a fun fact, we mentioned that you served in the Peace Corps in the Republic of Georgia. Georgia. So I'd love to have you walk us through that experience, what that entailed, and kind of how that experience fit into your career timeline. Yeah, perfect. Well, first of all, way to go for getting through that very complicated biography. There's so many like little <laughs> twists and turns in there. I feel like it's hard to keep track of it sometimes. No, it's great. Um, so the Peace Corps is a great, I guess, segue for this conversation today, because for me, um, the Peace Corps was a bit of a swerve. It was a recalibration in the direction of where I wanted to go with my career. After graduating from UJSD, moved to DC, spent some time interning and working in the Senate. And after I had kind of plateaued and was a little bit stuck in my career and realized maybe this isn't where I wanted to like really hunker down for good. I needed to find a way to get out, to get some new experience, to pivot, maybe clear my head a little bit, take a step away from politics. I'm going to join the Peace Corps. Let's just jump in with both feet and just do it. I know the stereotypes that most people just do it right out of college or, you know, you get these like hippie types that are looking out to just go and travel the world. So I was like <laughs> a little nervous, but I dove in and it was a wonderful experience. It helped me to step away from the United States, get back into the international sphere to meet a new country, understand a different culture, get some experience in a post-Soviet situation, which was very different from previous international experience I'd had before. And really, it was just an opportunity for me to reassess what I wanted to do, what my intentions were, what were my career goals long-term, um, had a little minimal to focus. And then, you know, after the piece where I applied to grad school and started off on the trajectory that I am on now. Very cool. Well, I'm so excited to learn about your current job. So you work for Verizon Media. So give us a little little bit more context. What does your actual role look like within the company? I'm kind of curious to learn more about that. Yeah. So I always have to start and explain what is Verizon Media because the first <laughs> word Verizon is like so recognizable. I was like, oh yeah, my phone. Great. Yes, your phone, that is Verizon. Um, but I don't do anything that has to do with your phone. <laughs> so Verizon was trying to kind of expand. They have like their consumer stuff, which is the phone, some internet. They have business work, which is, you know, selling contacts from business to business, running other services. And then they started this push into media. And what they did is they started to acquire a lot of more well-known companies and merge them all together into Verizon Media. So the first acquisition was AOL back in the day, and then they picked up Yahoo. And so they have a bunch of different internet blogs. They have HuffPost, TechCrunch, Engadget. I don't think there's any other more well-known ones, but they've kind of merge these all into one company and that's their foray into media. And then they also are managing a bunch of digital technologies for, you know, relaying voice and video calls, everything that you need kind of work in like this mobile environment. So then my job is on the global public policy team. So I was hired to kind of manage all of our international relations with governments, kind of liaising between the company and governments, tracking, you know, what legislative things are going on in a 
a place like India, if they're trying to pass a new law here or there, or they're reaching out to us to understand, you know, how can we better pass legislation to promote more growth in the tech sector in our domestic industry. So a lot of that, so just being that liaison, that kind of in-between person, which is where I've found that I function best is kind of at those intersections and those crossroads where I am you know, leveraging one set of skills, but also familiarity with the other side as well. And I can speak almost like you're speaking two languages, I'm speaking politics, I'm speaking business. So it's been a real fascinating opportunity. And I'll just add that after I was there for a little while, we had somebody leave and they said, Hey, well, you could, you also pick up state government relations. I was like, great. So I am talking to these legislators and parliamentarians in India and Australia. And I'm also like talking to people in Sacramento and in Nebraska and upstate New York and stuff. So it's been real fascinating to kind of have this very international look, but also this very local domestic look as well into how new technologies and these services are really affecting people's daily lives. So interesting. It's such a unique job. I don't think that's something people in college would consider like, oh yeah, that's the kind of job that I want, right? (laughs) Nobody thinks of that, but it's so interesting. And so this month we are looking at internships and the role that they play in that career development. And so I'd love to learn a little bit more. I know you've already kind of hinted at this, but you've Mm -hmm. had some really interesting volunteer, but also political involvement. It's a really cool internship. So I'd love to hear more about some of those early on. You were in the Senate. Talk to us about some of those early on internship experiences. Yeah, perfect. So coming out of Utah State, I really was just like, I am a political science major. And like, what do I go do? I like, what is a political scientist that just doesn't really answer any questions for what you're going to do when you graduate. But I knew that I wanted to go to DC. I was fascinated with, you know, US politics. And I thought, well, of course, that makes sense. Let me go out to DC, figure out what I can do. And I realized I had no connections out there. But I knew that there's a great opportunity through what is it the Institute of Government and Politics on campus. So they have connections. So I went to them and said, Hey, I would love to do an internship. And they're like, okay, here's the application, fill it out. And then it kind of made it a very easy process. They have, here's some housing, here are the offices that we have great contacts in. So I did all that. And then I was hired to be an intern for the Senate Finance Committee. It was right after I graduated. So I had spent a semester interning, getting to know people, understand the legislative frameworks, how a bill becomes a law, how all this is just functioning behind closed doors. And then it just so happened that I was in the right place at the right time, that there was an opening. And I was like, hey, I'm here. I'm free. Let me apply. You already know me. I've been working here for you know a semester. And so it was a perfect transition into a full-time job where I was able to then stay on for a couple of years to learn more, dive deeper into policy stuff. And so I think there was a great transition there. And, and so from that internship, is that what led you to the education policy consulting? Was that the next... Yeah. So basically that's where I was like, okay, now I'm going to join the Peace Corps. But I was like, I need to get out of DC. This place is too expensive. I need to save some (laughs) money. But I was like friends with other interns in other offices. And one of them was like, oh, there's this great guy that I know who used to work in this office. And he's back in Utah now and he's lobbying. Why don't you call him up and just say, hey, can I come work with you for a state legislative session back in Utah, but you can pay me whatever you want. We can negotiate something. And so he said, sure, come on down, be my assistant. You have some legislative experience in DC. You kind of get how this works. And he said, I'm going to task you with doing all the education policy work for me. So you're going to kind of consult with the Chamber of Commerce with one of our nonprofit donors. And then you're going to help me meet with the legislators and kind of connect people and make sure we're pushing that message on what bills we need to advance to help get more money into the education system in Utah. And so that was another great opportunity, but it was directly tied to my previous experience as an intern and those connections that I had made there. So that was kind of like one full loop of connections. And then if we want to dive into after I got back from the Peace Corps and did grad school, I was like, okay, I kind of get how this works now. 
and I'm going to do all the internships that I can do because I'm doing grad school. I'm getting that in the classroom experience, but I've learned that out of the classroom, there's so much more that you need to learn. Absolutely. So I'm going to dive in and learn as much as I can because that was, I think, one of my big mistakes in undergrad is not doing enough internships. And I mean, I only did one internship and it was after I had graduated. So I told myself I wasn't going to make that same mistake. And so that's what you can see on the resume. There's like, I just exploded. There's like four internships in the (laughs) space of two years all of a sudden. Oh, that's great. Well, and I'm curious. So you mentioned that there are certain skills that we can absolutely learn in the classroom, at least on a theoretical level. But then once you get into the field, that's where you start to really gain some specific skills to the industry, but also just some of those professional skills. So I'm curious to learn what was one skill that you did not have in the classroom that you didn't learn in the classroom that you did end up getting maybe in an internship or in a, in a job? Definitely. I was a poli-sci major. I took, you know, intro to U.S. government with Dr. Lyons. He's been there for he's an institution himself. And I realized like I, I get how politics works. And then I got to the hill and I was like, oh, I don't know how it works. I know the theory, but I don't understand the process of how you move something, you know, from idea into actual legislation and how you trade favors and all these things. And I realized, you know, I had to understand the legislative process. And that's like a direct thing that I learned hands-on. But I realized also it's relationship management, it's how to work with different people, how to build a relationship in a professional way that you can learn from them, but you can also do something to help them out that they might want to help you out later on. Start creating that network of people that will kind of be your coalition to advance any cause that you're trying to do. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's a great point to bring up that networking is kind of that middle piece that takes you to your next opportunity. And my next question is kind of about that as well. I'm curious, you know, as a student, oftentimes it feels like we're doing these random experiences and we take an internship or we're doing this major and we're hoping that it's putting us on a path. But as you were walking through these different internships, maybe your grad program, did it feel like there was a clear path of where you were going or did you just kind of know you were headed in the right direction? Yeah, I think obviously my internship with the Senate was like a very A to B, like it was a very clear step-by-step process. In grad school, I was like, this is kind of what I want to do, but I'm going to really cast it at why because I learned you know, from my first time after undergrad that there's so many more opportunities and jobs that I've never heard of. And you could only find out about these things once you're on the inside and you're, you know, you're interning, you're working, you're meeting people. And so I really just cast the net wide. So in grad school, I interned at the State Department with their legislators office. And then I went overseas and interned at the embassy in Brasilia. And then I found a nonprofit group called Open for Business that was advancing LGBTI rights through private sector work. And I thought that was fascinating to see how the intersection of human rights and business was coming together. And I just called them up and I said, Hey, I don't know much about you. I mean, I've heard somebody talking about the work that you're doing and they suggested just to reach out to you. You know, I would love to intern. And they're like, well, we don't really have an internship program. I was like, well, that's fine. You don't need to pay me anything. It doesn't mean anything structured, but I'd like to do free work for you. I want to understand how this all works. And they said, okay, well, we have this project. We're trying to put together a report. We need somebody to help gather data and do interviews with folks around the world. Would you be willing to help us out on that project? I said, perfect. That's great. I don't have to show up to an office and I can set my own schedule and I'm doing something that is driving your mission, but giving me experience and helping me make connections. After that experience, I had a professor from grad school reach out and say, you know what? I think you really were great in my class. And I think you would love to work with the Global Network Initiative. And I was like, nah, I don't think I want to do any work for that. (laughs) He's like, no, I really think you should look into this. Um, It could be a good thing. I was like, I'm not like a technology guy. I don't know much about tech. I'm much more, you know, legislation or international relations. He said, just try it. And it's like, what could it hurt? I'm just going to jump in and test drive this thing. 
So the Global Network Initiative is a multi-stakeholder initiative. So you have academics, you have private sector people, and then you have government folks that are all kind of meeting together to address issues. So we had representatives from, you know, Google and Facebook and Twitter, these big multinational tech companies. We had academics who were researching, you know, what role these algorithms play in our lives or what's the role of free speech on the internet. And then we had policymakers and they were all meeting together and talking. It was fascinating. And I really started to understand some of the issues that are affecting us today that are coming through this new interconnected world. What the issues that are being raised by social media. I mean, I was working at the Global Network Initiative when the Christchurch shootings happened in New Zealand. And I could see how that viral video, the struggles of trying to get that taken down and all the tensions that are there, you know, how to moderate and control these spaces. We want to be open and free and collaborative, but they also carry potential for harm and real risk to safety. And there's just that tension there. And it was fascinating to me. And I said, this is, I love this. This is an area that I would love to explore for a career and I was getting experience that I never got in the classroom. The classroom was teaching me a lot of theories and like contextualization of like real world events, but I wasn't getting that niche experience that I got in this internship. And that's exactly what led to my current position. So interesting. And as you were talking, you know, in these different experiences, it sounds like whether you loved the entire experience or not, there's always little pieces that you were pulling from. You're saying, I liked this part of it. And Mm -hmm. then as you move forward, the next step you took, you incorporated that piece. And I think that's such great advice of saying, take what you are liking from an experience and then use that to propel yourself forward. And it sounds like as you've continually done that over and over and over again, that's led to you are. And another thing that really stood out to me as you were sharing that is you decided to create your own internship. And I think that could be terrifying (laughs) for a lot of people. It's easy to look on, you know, Indeed and just find an existing internship and that can work really well for a lot of people. But sometimes if we want something very specific, I think we have to go out there and we have to create those opportunities for ourselves. And so I love that you took that initiative and that it led you to the next step. And I, I love that. So, oh, such good stuff here. So enjoying all of this. So I guess kind of the next question that I have is, since you are working in this tech industry, but also working with people, what skills do you think are the most essential for the rising generations to develop in order to be able to adapt in this ever-changing you know, landscape, whether it's COVID or anything else? What would you say some important skills are? Yes, this is great. because I don't think we often think about the skills that we're learning, we're often focused on what knowledge am I getting? You know, I can learn about this historical factor. I can learn about this economic process, but what are the actual skills I need to be successful? And those skills are what you're usually... And I mentioned this previously. I think that relationship management is so vital. The one thing that I've learned is when you're interviewing and applying for jobs, your resume already tells people if you're qualified. When they're interviewing you, they want to know if they like you. Are you somebody that they could actually picture themselves working with 40 hours a week? And so if you have those interpersonal skills, that ability to make connections, to talk to people, to work together, to collaborate, all of that, I think is that package of what they're looking for in employees. And then more, I guess, concrete on that, I think I've always found that being able to think critically, solve problems, be a little bit creative, being flexible, especially in this new pandemic, COVID, work from home environment where we're constantly changing. There's nothing you can count as certain anymore. You're constantly reinventing. How do you do what used to be menial tasks? You have to find new ways to do them. And then I think the one thing I always tell students is you have to be a good writer. I just, you know, there's just no way I've found no way around it. I have to be able to write. I have to know how to write an email or put together a memo for the CEO and be really succinct. He needs to get this information in as few words as possible. I mean, being able to write and express your ideas is fundamental to, I think, any position you're going to find in the real world. 
Such great advice. And and I really appreciate that holistic view of, you know, there are different types of skills we need to be learning, right? So we need to have those people skills. We need to be able to communicate. And there are definitely, you know, the technical side of things too. We have to have specific skill sets. Such great advice. I am curious. I know I didn't uh, prep you for this question at all, but I'm really curious. How much has your job changed during the pandemic? So prior to COVID, what did your job look like compared to what you're doing now? Is it the same? Is it different? Yeah, I think I've been really lucky during the pandemic because a lot of what I'm doing is remote contact with people. I mean, I'm located in DC, but I was working with people in Australia and Singapore and India. So that was very natural because my connection to them was already over the internet on the computer. And then it's the same with people around the 50 states. I'm sitting in one spot and I have to connect with people all across the country. So I think that end of my job has really stayed the same. Um, what was different was moving from that office environment where I was, you know, sitting next to a boss or had my other coworkers around me. And then I was kind of all of a sudden isolated at my home and trying to find new ways to reconnect with my coworkers. Because I was still fairly new in my position when the pandemic hit. I hadn't been there for a year yet. And so it's like, wow, I'm like the new person. And all of a sudden the world has just been turned on its head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to <laughs> figure out how I can still find the way forward in this career. But now I'm like doing it from my couch or from the kitchen table. And I don't have kind of that safety net of the people that were like, I could just turn to them and say, Hey, how do you do this? Or, Hey, what's going on here? Or what, what do you think about this? Um, so it made me to be, made me have to be a little more proactive and really reaching out to people and saying, Hey, you know, do we have time just to have like an informal zoom or chat about this or that and not take, I guess, for granted the fact that I just don't have the access to people as I used to. So that's been, I guess, the one thing I've had to really adapt for and change, but luckily the actual career, the work stuff, the daily tasks have stayed pretty much the same. So interesting. Such great advice, especially as students are transitioning from, um, you know, graduation to starting a new job. I think that's, those are some really key things to keep in mind as as they are beginning new work uh, remotely. So great, great advice. All right. I have one final question for you. And that question is, if you could give one piece of advice to our audience about getting real world experience via an internship, what would it be? Yes. I mean, the first thing I just have to tell people is do an internship, find (laughs) internships. People need to understand that internships are your opportunity to test drive careers. I mean, I did so many internships and like you were saying, each one I was finding, what is the type of work that I like to do? I was finding the topics I like to work on and the style of work. And then I was able to kind of merge that together and find the actual career and the job that I wanted to pursue. So the first step for all of us is just find an internship, do internships, jump in and just test drive those careers and things that you're interested in. But once you found those internships, I think it's important to really maximize the potential you can get from them. Um, you have to treat it like a real job. But what's different is there, you're treating it like a real job, you're serious, but then you have to automatically set your expectations super, super low. Because for them, they're here, they're people you're working with. And so if you come up with these high expectations of what you're going to do, you could easily be disappointed and then just turn it into a lackluster experience. So I say, set those expectations low. The lower they are, the easier it is for them to be exceeded. And then once you set those low expectations, you come in and you decide that you're going to turn out high quality work. So you're going to take whatever menial task you were given and you're going to really show that you can deliver and slowly work your way up. That's where you have to start leveraging those interpersonal skills. You know, you gave me this menial task. I did it. I did great work. I'm reliable. What else can I do for you? Or asking people, you know, I see you're working on this. That's something I'm really fascinated about. What can I do to help you on this? And make yourself useful. Make yourself something, a resource that these people can leverage that they want to work with you to share their experience. 
I think so many times you go into an internship and you just find yourself sitting at a desk all day and you're not talking to anybody, you're not making connections and it's just so boring. And then you're like, oh, I don't know why I did this. It was kind of a waste of time. So I think you have to really dive in and be proactive, but you have to understand when other people see you, they see you as that transient person that's really not worth them investing in. But I was looking back at for this conversation, I think each internship that I had, and I was able to develop a network, I was able to develop relationships, and every single one led to a job, a job offer, or the experience that I needed to have on my resume to get another job and have them look back and connect and see, oh, he did this internship, he had that experience, he'll be great for this position. So each internship was a building block for this career that I now have. But it really required me to think creatively and think, okay, how can I leverage this experience? I had to be proactive and not just sit back and say, okay, what do you want me to do? I had to really think about it. I love that. And I love this idea of adding value as an intern. And I think sometimes it's so easy to think of yourself even as less important and and understanding that others will view you to some extent that way, but also recognizing that you still have the capacity to add to the company or add to the organization and gain the skills and network that you may need for the future. So love those insights, Logan. We are out of time, but I've so appreciated you walking us through your career journey, the ups and the downs, um, talking with us about how you figured things out. I think that's one of the hardest things is, you know, as a student, you're asking yourself, am I on a path? Am, Am I headed in a direction? And I think you've just helped us understand that it's just piece by piece. So absolutely love that. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, this was a great experience. I love being able to share what I've learned and hopefully help out future Aggies as they're trying to navigate this confusing world. I mean, it just gets more and more complicated. So I think (laughs) if you can find people that you trust to listen to and kind of just get out there and get messy, I guess, finding these opportunities to drive work and to learn about new opportunities, I think you'll be able to really find and create the careers that are going to be driving the world forward. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us here at The Career Studio today. Please remember to join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of getting real-world experience with an internship.